0: Hey everyone, Eric Voss here in the New Rockstars Blue Dungeon, and here I am going to react to the new amazing WandaVision trailer. This show is going to be the first on Marvel Space Force slate, coming January 15th, because this was all coming out super fast on the Disney Investor Day conference. I didn't have time to uh, set up all this good stuff. You get to see my raw reaction to it in the moment at my desk. Then once you're done with that, you're going to come back with me here. We're going to talk about some initial first thoughts we had of this, some things to look forward to in the next couple weeks when this thing finally comes into our lives. And then, uh, later this weekend, I will be breaking down this trailer, frame by frickin' frame, to find all the interesting details about Wanda and Vision, that big ol' yellow rock that's somehow still back in his head. Anyway, uh, here, check out my reaction.
1: So what's a single girl like you doing rattling around this big house? Well, I assure Ooh. you, I'm married. To a man. A human, one. Wanda. What's it, we are an
2: unusual couple.
3: Oh, I don't think that was ever in question.
2: We just don't know what to expect.
4: Howdy, neighbors. Hey, bud!
1: I don't
4: know. I think something's wrong here.
1: Wanda, knew you leave me? Who's doing this to you? Are you here to
5: help us? This is our home. Then let's
2: fight for it.
0: All right, uh one division trailer woof. Uh, this is a show that is happening. Um, as always with WandaVision, my general excitement for the series is not necessarily the different classic sitcoms they're referencing, but the darkness that lies beneath it, right? What is the deeper, darker conspiracy? Who is doing this to Wanda? Is she doing it to herself? What does it mean? How is it going to connect to the broader MCU? Sure, I- I'm interested to read these articles about how they used Dick Van Dyke's advice and then they used a live audience and they, uh, hammed up their performances. Uh, cool, I don't really give a shit. I, I want to know what is going on here. So the second half of the trailer is always more interesting to me. But right away at the top of this trailer, we see these kind of colorful uh, RGB glitches as this screen opens up from this transition to this sitcom house. And we know this isn't Ursot's reality because initially they don't have wedding rings and then she taps her finger and then both of them do. Um, <laughs> I did a bit better than Vision with the ring I put on my girl But just saying, Vision sucks. So, yeah, we're seeing references to uh, classic black and white sitcoms like I Love Lucy, The Dick Van Dyke Show. But we're also seeing um, later decade sitcoms like The Brady Bunch, like Family Ties, maybe Full House, maybe Roseanne. And, uh, yeah, there are lots of Easter eggs on all these surfaces. Little, little interesting details that I'm sure I'm going to find when I go through this frame by frame. That video is going to be coming later this weekend. But already we're seeing glitches of how this is a false reality. The mobile over the baby's crib comes to light with butterflies and there is this fascinating moment where through this intercom Wanda hears a voice of someone from the outside saying Wanda let us help you. Who is doing this to you? Which is fascinating. This means that S.W.O.R.D. is there to help Wanda. They're not there to imprison her or to contain her or try to study her. Or maybe try to study her. But really, they're just trying to control this situation. Wanda is being manipulated, controlled by some darker cosmic force. Again, we don't see Mephisto in the flesh in this. But he is suspect number one on my list. The Satan from beneath the surface. Uh, a devil figure that might have shown up in that Loki trailer... Check out my reaction on that because I think we may have spotted him there. Mephisto in those West Coast Avengers is the demonic entity that is controlling Wanda, using illusions of her kids in order to trick her into succumbing to his power so that he can steal her chaos energy. And with that are these wonderful moments from Monica Rambeau, from Agnes, where they look terrified. They're like, you put us here. Help us break free of this. Let us know what is the dark reason that we're here. Everyone in this looks terrified and I love it. I especially love this neighbor who is just putting up her laundry but looks like she's just being puppeted. I think this is a woman from the Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor, the creepy ghost woman who came out of the lake in the season two. There's people in hazmat suits. This is pure government conspiracy. And I love this idea that after a while Wanda and Vision don't want this illusion to end. They say let's fight for this. Isn't that tragic? beautiful because it's probably a fake trap set up by Mephisto or whoever it is to try to cross over into the world of the living. But this brief transitory moment that Wanda and Vision are allowed to live together again with Vision alive. They're fighting for that dream that probably will end at some point. I'm getting a lot of vibes of uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, of two figures who are projected in an illusory reality, but they are running from that erasure and just trying to cling onto each other before the dream ends and they have to wake up to reality. And I think that's the deeper meaning of using the monkey's daydream believer in here. The lyrics, cheer up sleepy Jean, oh what can it mean that to a daydream believer and a homecoming queen. The daydream believer being Vision, who is just a figment of a daydream trying to believe. And the homecoming queen being Wanda. She is the sad romantic who's trying to dream her perfect reality, but it's tragic. She's not going to get it when she wakes up on the other side of it. So yeah, I obviously have a ton of theories about how Wanda Vision is going to set up Marvel Phase 4 and the multiverse set up things like Spider-Man 3 and Multiverse of Madness. We know Wanda Maximoff is going back in Multiverse of Madness. And we know Monica Rambeau is coming back in uh, Captain Marvel 2. So there's a lot that's being set up here. I'm gonna break this down frame by frame. I'm gonna find the deeper Easter eggs that are being hidden here. Trust me. Uh, Oh, and yeah, I'm wearing our Mandalorian This Is A Way shirt. I'm sorry, I'm a little off-brand. But when WandaVision comes out, we're gonna have a limited edition shirt that is going to be specific to WandaVision. It's just gonna be out, and we're only gonna make a certain amount of them. Once we're out, we're out. So check out newrockstarsmerch.com. We have a ton of great options on there. And yeah, be sure to check out my reaction of the Loki trailer my reaction of the falcon winter soldier trailer my reactions of everything coming out from this conference and all my in-depth easter egg breakdowns are going to come out on the channel over the coming days subscribe to new rock stars hit that notification bell follow me at ea boss follow new rock stars. see you next time bye bye
3: Disney Plus series that Marvel just announced. The Marvel Cinematic Universe may have taken a break in 2020, but Kevin Feige announced more movies and Disney Plus series than there are characters in Avengers Endgame. If you're good at math, don't check me on that because it's time for a roundup of every project that Marvel announced during Disney's Investor Day. WandaVision. We got a new trailer for the surreal sitcomy Disney Plus series that debuts on January 15, 2021, which looks equal parts jarring and jaw-dropping. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Is there a doctor in the house? No, he's off in the Multiverse of Madness, officially joined by Scarlet Witch, Wong, and Sochil Gomez as America Chavez in the Sam Raimi-directed sequel that connects WandaVision and the next Spider-Man movie. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, Captain, my Captain America. Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes return in the Falcon and Bucky show on Disney Plus on March 19th. This action-packed trailer makes one thing crystal clear. The legacy of that shield is complicated. Loki, the god of mischief is wreaking havoc across space and time in this Disney Plus series dropping May, 2021. With the Time Variance Authority, an election gone awry, and what seems like Loki as D.B. Cooper, this looks amazing and that's no lie. What if? Marvel's first animated Disney Plus series answers some of the greatest hypothetical questions in comics, like what if T'Challa became Star-Lord? What if Peggy Carter became Captain America? And what if Captain America was a zombie? Yeah, you heard me, a zombie. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The MCU's greatest martial artist hits theaters on July 9th, 2021, starring Simu Liu as Shang-Chi, Tony Lung as Wenwu, and Aquafina as the mysterious Katie. No trailer though yet. Ms. Marvel. 2020 was just the beginning for Kamala Khan, who makes her live-action debut in late 2021, as played by Iman Vellani in the highly anticipated Ms. Marvel Disney Plus series. Captain Marvel 2. And speaking of Ms. Marvel, she'll meet her idol Carol Danvers, as well as Tiana Paris as a grown-up Monica Rambeau in the Nia DaCosta-directed sequel on November 11th, 2022. Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner's taking a break from creating apps and releasing songs to return as Clint Barton in the Disney Plus series based on Matt Fraction and David Aja's iconic comics run. The series comes sometime late 2021 and stars Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop, as well as Alaqua Cox as Maya Lopez, AKA Echo. She-Hulk. Hulk smash but She-Hulk litigate. Tatiana Maslany stars as Jennifer Walters alongside Tim Roth as Abomination and Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk in this upcoming Disney Plus series directed by Kat Coiro and Anu Valia. Moon Knight. Oscar Isaac will reportedly play the lead in this Mohamed Diab-directed Disney Plus series about Mark Spector, the complex vigilante who suffers from dissociative identity disorder. Secret Invasion. Samuel L. Jackson is back as Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn returns as Talos in the Disney Plus series about Skrull cells infiltrating the Earth. Looks like Nick Fury's post-far-from-home vacation is over. Ironheart. Ironheart stars Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams, the young woman who creates the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man. And both this show and Secret Invasion will tie into upcoming MCU movies as well. Armor Wars. And speaking of Iron Man, what happens when his tech falls into the wrong hands? We'll find out when Don Cheadle returns as James Rhodes, AKA War Machine, in this Disney Plus series based on the classic Marvel comic. The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. This is exactly what it sounds like. A live action Guardians holiday special written and directed by James Gunn filmed while they're making Guardians Volume 3. It's a life day miracle coming to Disney Plus in 2022. I am Groot. Did someone say adorable short starring baby Groot on Disney Plus? Oh yeah, I guess Kevin Feige said that. He's the one. Thor Love and Thunder, more like Gore Love and Thunder, Academy Award winner Christian Bale officially joins the cast as Gore the God Butcher, which is bad news bears for a certain God of Thunder I could name. His name is Thor. Black Panther 2 Kevin Feige confirmed that Black Panther 2 will hit theaters on July 8th, 2022, and they will not recast the late, great Chadwick Boseman. Rest in peace. It will focus instead on the world of Wakanda and the other characters we met in the first film. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. A new purple villain has appeared, Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror in the amazingly titled Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. The film also adds Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang, which means one thing and one thing only, Young Avengers. Fantastic Four. Last but not least, Marvel's first family is getting a brand new feature film courtesy of Spider-Man director John Watts. And let me get this out of the way right now, Danny DeVito as Mole Man. I'm the
4: Mole man.
3: Ball. And those are all the new Marvel movies and series that Disney just announced. But tell me, which of these do you wanna see the most and who should play the Fantastic Four? Let us know in the comments below and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, stay tuned to Nerdist.com. leave that behind and move on to another uh, musically inclined superstar. That's right, folks, I'm talking about Jeremy Renner. The Marvel Cinematic Universe may be largely hibernating this year, but filming is already underway for the highly anticipated Hawkeye Disney Plus series in New York, which appears to be adapting Matt Fraction and David Asha's critically acclaimed comics run that began with 2016's My Life as a Weapon. Although it has not been officially announced, multiple outlets learned through set photos that Haley Steinfeld will be playing Kate Bishop, who takes on the mantle of Hawkeye herself becomes a member of the Young Avengers and Clint Barton's partner to boot. Now, in addition to teasing Jeremy Renner's Clint Barton wearing a hearing aid and other fan-favorite characters like Lucky the Pizza Dog, Variety also announced that Black Widow star Florence Pugh will appear in the show as Yelena Belova, and also we're going to have Vera Farmiga as Kate's mom, Eleanor Bishop, Fra Free as Kazi, who's likely the villain clown that renders Clint Barton deaf in the comics, Tony Dalton as Jack Duquesne aka Hawkeye's mentor turned villain swordsman, Alaqua Cox as Echo, a deaf Native American heroine that can perfectly Copy another person's movements, and Zon McLaren is Echo's father. So my questions to the panel are: uh, what do you want to see from this Hawkeye series? Because I want, I like, much like um Black Widow to a certain extent or even The Hulk, like the Hawkeye was kind of a character that was always kind of off to the side. They didn't really put him in the limelight as much as his fellow Avengers. So, what do you hope to see from him in this uh Disney Plus series? Pretty, let's start with you.
1: Uh, I really hope that they can bring the level of personality and character that Matt Fraction and David Aja brought to the comics, because I think that's really when Hawkeye went from being, like, a really, like, a fun character, like, a great character. Like, what they do in those comics is, it's incredible. Some of the best comic writing, I feel like, of the last decade is in that series, and so part of what the Marvel Cinematic Universe missed out on was, like, just kind of introducing Hawkeye almost, like, too soon because this is such a great characterization and they miss the opportunity to have that characterization, like in the movies. And so getting to see that on screen and then add that to Kate Bishop, who is such a great character now, I think it's going to be like, just, they're going to hit it out of the ballpark. Like I'm super psyched to see what they do with it. Cause they're clearly looking at the influences they should be looking at.
3: Yeah. And uh, like, it's truly, it's, you'd be hard pressed to name a better, Hawkeye comics run than Mm. uh, what Fraction and Aja did because it just I think it did like you're saying for a lot of people redefined what we expect from this character that was kind of just always like you know it's they even joke about it in the movies like what are you gonna do with a bow and arrow compared to uh, a literal god of thunder but um, it makes him it shows him like just kind of on his own as this street level hero in certain cases and pre- presents him with unique challenges. Like when he has to contend with losing his hearing and we're getting mm-hmm. some really interesting casting here. So I want to hear um, Kyle, what do you think about this new casting and what do you help that it brings to
2: the series? What I think is really awesome um, is that they, you know, uh, Disney and Marvel are, are, you know, very secretive all the time, but as soon as there was like the set photos, which obviously they can't comment on because it's not official yet, but like uh, Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop is like, oh yeah, that's such a good casting. And like, it just completely works. And I'm really hoping that this this show and all these characters and stuff like that, um, you know, because WandaVision has, it looks like it's going to be real weird. And I think that's perfect for those characters. But like, I think Clint needs a, like just a straight down the line kind of like action drama because- because he's been so kind of short shrifted in the movies for such a long time, but he had that great emotional arc in Endgame. I think people want to see more of that because that's what you want from Clint Barton is, is kind of like, he is just a guy who has all, you know, who who is really well-trained in, in, and getting her to come up as, as the young Avenger too, I think will be really great. So I'm really stoked. I, I like the fact that they're treating these shows like, Parts of the MCU in a way that I maybe didn't think that they were going to by putting all these other characters from other movies and and stuff together. So I think all to all, all around this is going to be such a cool idea. I'm I'm more stoked for that show than I was like last week.
3: Yeah, I mean, especially as we see some of the parts come into place. Because when you first like if you're just coming out of the MCU and you just hear Hawkeye Disney Plus series, you're kind of raising an eyebrow like what? Okay, sure, but. Knowing what they're basing it on and everything that we've seen so far and reading about this casting has me more and more excited for it. And you also touched on something else that I'm excited for because while it does seem like this show is going to be a bit more self-contained as to as compared to something like a WandaVision, for example, it does feel like they are building towards a larger Young Avengers team um, of which Kate Bishop would be a seminal part. So Dorian, I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think that is where they're heading, and is that something you would actually like to see com- like come to fruition in the MCU?
4: Oh hell yeah! One of my biggest not not Complaints, there's just something that i've been acknowledging is like either all the heroes are in their their middle mid-30s or they're in high school there's never been like a hero like you know 20 in their mid-20s like they're just in college or anything like we haven't really seen that so i would love for them to finally like really explore that especially on disney plus and i want to echo something that kyle said like had no not no interest but like now that Haley steinfeld has been like confirmed as casting especially with you you're having florence Pugh really like kevin feige said something saying like their focus really is all going to be on the, the the TV side of things versus the movie side. And, and this really like echoes that. Like I was completely for when they said that Florence was joining the cast. And I know there, I feel like I saw that there were talks that she might pop up in the Falcon and Winter Soldier cast too. So it seems like they're just like really trying to build her up her character, make her the next Black Widow. So I'm definitely excited to see what they do next and really want that Young Avengers series. Like give me a Young Avengers Disney Plus series ASAP. They're setting it up. We're getting speed. Hopefully we get speed and wicking from the wine division series and then you know you get ant-man we get ant-man 3 setting up uh little cassie and then we we're all, we're all good come on now don't don't forget a hulkling we gotta get a hulkling yeah. in there that's that's hulkling. my one
3: request um but yeah i think that I, I think you raise a great point there in that we definitely are missing a kind of uh an age group that is massive fans of the marvel cinematic universe and it's why tom holland was such a breath of fresh mm-hmm. air when he first appeared in civil war because you're like oh, how would an actual child react to all of this nonsense happening around him and it's really cool to filter stuff through that perspective. And now we've been through a couple different uh, stories with Peter Parker, but it's going to be nice to get even more uh, sort of youthful energy injected into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's see, Enda uh, uh, McNabola in the chat says, this may be the first year without an MCU movie, the end of a streak, but I choose to see it as the beginning of a new fresh start. And I really like that sentiment because this does kind of feel like a, a new start for the MCU following endgame like that was a definitive exclamation point at the end of a 10 year long sentence uh and you know that's a lot of pressure to uh, immediately follow up but clearly marvel has uh, their next 5 to 10 years who knows maybe even longer planned out for movies so i'm excited to see where this fresh start takes us <laughs>
0: Eric Voss here in the New Rockstar's Blue Dungeon, and it is confirmed. The Fantastic Four, Marvel's First Family, is coming to the MCU. Information revealed to us by our Lord and Savior Kevin Feige at Disney's Investor Day Conference. Not only is this coming, we got information that it will be directed by Spider-Man Far From Home and Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man 3 director John Watts telling us so much about what ideas they have for how this First Family is going to get introduced into the MCU. I'm just going to give you my first initial thoughts to this, my reaction because I was blown away by this. Check it out.
6: Film about one of the truly iconic Marvel families. In fact, Marvel's first family, Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. We're, We're getting a feature now, and it will be directed by the director of our recent Spider-Man films,
0: John Watts.
4: They're giving it to Watts. We've got a lot
0: more Marvel Studio. All right. um So there wasn't much to react there because Feige just dropped it as if there was nothing more to talk about there. But the Fantastic Four coming to the MCU, folks. This. He buried the lead. That is the headline coming out of this. So the Fantastic Four coming in the MCU have been a long time coming. We don't have a sense of who the cast will be yet. Obviously, a lot of people want uh, John Krasinski to play Reed Richards and Emily Blunt to play his wife, Sue Storm. But before we even get to that, we just got a ton of information in the fact that John Watts will be the one directing it. John Watts, this guy is brilliant. He made Spider-Man Homecoming. He made Spider-Man Far From Home. Having to work with a lot. Two different studios worth of notes uh and he made two pretty solid films that are among the funniest mcu installments that we have so that gives us a sense of the tone of this fantastic four movie it's not going to be too super serious but it's going to do such a good job with easter eggs and fan service don't forget john watts is a master of easter eggs when it comes to license plate uh, numbers referencing comic issues he hit a howard the duck easter egg uh in spider man homecoming that we new rock stars <laughs> me was able to find uh and he tweeted us good job thanks John Watts for tweeting back. It makes my life when that happens. But obviously, at the end of Spider Man Far From Home, we were given a ton of Fantastic Four setup details. Obviously, there are some new occupants of Avengers Tower. They built this new atrium in there. Uh, a lot of people believe that the Avengers Tower, the MCU, is going to be turned into. The Baxter building that is the headquarters of the Fantastic Four. It just makes too much sense, right? If Avengers HQ has moved upstate, why do they still need the tower in the middle of Manhattan? Let's turn that into the shining beacon of the Fantastic Four. The, the people who are now going to be the main lineup of the Marvel heroes. The fact that he had Spider-Man glide through that atrium, that has to mean something, right? And of course, there was the sign on the on the street level that said, We are so excited to show you what. What comes next one two three question mark four. a lot of people thought it was just setting up phase four it, it probably was because um you know spider-man part for home was right on the border between phase three and phase four but the number four you know there's one thing that means in Marvel it's the Fantastic Four the fact that those two images were shown back to back uh and our re-breakdown of the Spider-Man Far From Home movie that we did over the summer uh if you look closely a lot of the people on that atrium yes some of them could be uh Johnny Storm some of them could be Reed Richards uh, Sue Storm Ben Grimm I feel like the fact that John Watts is being brought back to make this Fantastic Four movie means that we might see a shift in perspective of that same moment of people getting lunch on that atrium looking up seeing the web slinger gliding over their heads and they're like um but anyway the negative zone right uh, i have some theories that the negative zone in the mcu is just going to be the quantum realm because the way they have shown the quantum realm in the mcu it has all the properties of the negative zone it's kind of this banishment place that gives you strange properties obviously janet van dyne was a uh, given healing power as a result of being in the uh, quantum realm uh, ghost when she was hit by a blast of quantum energy that made her uh, phase shift, uh, why not give you the powers of being able to stretch your arms or turn invisible or flame on or turn into a yellow rock turd? But I don't think the task of setting up the Fantastic Four in the MCU is gonna be left just on those final minutes of Far From Home and on John Watts. Obviously, all of these phase four titles that we learned about at this conference are working in tandem. They're interconnected and we are seeing some elements of of Loki, a mysterious hooded figure who could be Doom. We're seeing Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, my favorite new title we learned about, that is gonna feature Kang the Conqueror in the quantum realm. Uh, making that city most likely Chronopolis, unless they want to rename it Mania. I guess I wouldn't have a problem with that. The Kang the Conqueror is a time travel villain who deals with alternate timelines, one of the coolest villains in all of Marvel Comics. And yeah, you could see different ways that that is set up as early as Loki with the TVA and these alternate timelines. Maybe there's some code on those elevator buttons. What I personally hope to see for a Fantastic Four movie in the MCU is uh, what Peyton Reed pitched back in the day, before uh, before he started working for Marvel in the Ant-Man movies, was this idea of a, a retro 60s flashback movie that shows you Marvel's first family as Stan Lee originally brought them into Marvel Comics. They were a 60s swinging family of heroes and they were famous as some of the first superheroes who did not hide their identity. They they walked around, no mask, people knew them, they were famous around New York City. That could be a quartet of legacy heroes who disappeared into the quantum realm slash negative zone maybe back in the 60s when uh, Hank Pym was uh, experimenting. Maybe that was some accident. Uh, that's how he knew what the quantum realm was to begin with. Uh, they disappear down there, they go into a time vortex, they don't age, and they come back out in the present day. That's how you could get the Fantastic Four in the present day MCU. They come back out in New York City. They're like, hey, our old building, I guess, had new occupants in this Tony Stark guy. Is he related to Howard Stark, who we knew? Uh, and then they they take back over that tower. They turn it back into the Baxter building. And that, that's a very seamless, smooth uh, transition that we can see that won't upset anyone because no one's taken anything from anyone. They're just taking back what was theirs to begin with. And you get to see Marvel's first family in the 60s as they were in the comics. You get to see them in the present day. And yeah, if Ant-Man 3 is dealing with uh, Kang the Conqueror as a time travel villain, if you tie in Doctor Doom with that, all of these characters can appear in this Fantastic Four movie. I think John Watts has a really good handle on these characters. I know people have some issues with Spider-Man Homecoming Spider-Man Far From Home. It wasn't the exact Toby version of the character that they wanted. I get it. But those two movies are so funny and and nail so much about the Spider-Man character. And if John Watts can nail Spider-Man, he can absolutely nail the Fantastic Four. I'm so excited to see what this guy does with it. I hope to see them introduced in Spider-Man 3, a movie that has everyone in it. So why not introduce the Fantastic Four as well with just a little Easter egg as, as uh, Peter Parker and Doctor Strange are zipping through the web of life and destiny. Hey, who are those four? Never mind that. Save that for another movie and a post credit scene. I'm obviously going to be digging way more into this Fantastic Four news, which is so fantastic. Um, And check out our New Rockstars merch store, newrockstarsmerch.com, for all the great new merch options, a lot of great gift options. Be sure to watch my reactions to the Loki trailer, to the WandaVision trailer, to Falcon Winter Soldier trailer, and my breakdown of all the big news we learned about this is coming out next and then a classic in-depth easter egg breakdown of everything you missed in this Loki trailer shot by shot frame by frame you know how we do it follow me at EAVOS follow new rock stars subscribe hit that notification bell see you soon bye
5: What's going on guys welcome to everything always my name is Michael Roman there are a ton of Easter eggs buried in every one of these trailers what did you expect it's Marvel Studios I've seen a couple of them reported on a couple of them reported on incorrectly and a couple just missed altogether. including one huge scene that seems to retcon Loki into actual events that took place in American history we're going to break down all of these Easter eggs including this one at the end that definitely had me thinking all night are they really trying to do this And they definitely were. We're gonna break it all down, but first, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're still giving away this insane one fourth scale beta Ray bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. We're also giving away a PlayStation 5. If you wanna be entered to win, All you have to do, hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video. And if you want, stick around at the end of the video, we'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So I don't know about you guys, but I really like it when my Easter egg videos are sequential, just take me through the movie or the trailer left to right, not bouncing around in the order of quote unquote importance. This is an Endgame scene, there's nothing new added here. It's just a reminder of how we got here in the first place. The real first Easter egg props up that after he grabs a Tesseract, wherever he lands here, and we're gonna talk about that in a moment, he definitely is meant to mirror Tony Stark in the beginning of Iron Man 1 now a couple of guesses as to where this is and I'm not sure that the location is important but those hats definitely look like he's somewhere in Tibet or in the Southeast Asia region now after the title card plays with all the letters floating in the background amongst a green screen which is definitely meant to invoke images of the matrix you see this futuristic looking building here this is actually the Marriott Marquis in downtown Atlanta it's about five minutes from where I am right now and if you've come in town at all for a football game or something downtown there's a chance you've stayed there now the next Easter egg well there's several of them take place in this elevator the first of which is the elevator panel where you would have floors instead they've got what look like arbitrarily labeled timelines now if you go ahead and try to make heads or tails of all the numbers and letters in here there's not much to be found but there are a couple that stuck out FHF, perhaps that's the Spider-Man Far From Home timeline. They did mention the Multiverse and Mysterio, the other one being X and or X and one, maybe the original X-Men timeline and then the X-Men Origins timeline. Either way, these are meant to replicate that each one of these floors in the building can take them to a different timeline. Now, there are about two or three more Easter eggs wrapped up in Owen Wilson's introduction. I saw yesterday some people still referring to him as an undisclosed character. Guys, if you're ever curious in a trailer or movie, Whom's Whom? Just turn on subtitles, it'll tell you who's talking. And in this case, it would reveal that Owen Wilson is playing Mobius M. Mobius Middle Management for the Time Variance Authority, the letters you see TVA stamped on the front of Loki's jumpsuit. Now, there are about two or three other important Easter eggs wrapped up in this name and character alike. First of all, Mobius pertaining to August Ferdinand Mobius, the German mathematician and theoretical astronomer who was, so to say, all about that time travel life. And you even heard Tony Stark invoke his name at the beginning of Avengers Endgame when trying to crack the mystery that is time travel asks for an inverted Mobius strip. Now the last Easter egg is tied up in exactly what Owen Wilson looks like in the comics. The TVA was created by none other than Walt Simonson and the legendary Sal pasima and originally it paid homage to longtime Marvel writer and continuity expert Mark Greenwald. That's why all of the TVA staff were all clones of Greenwald, and I hope you guys get the joke here. He was in charge of making sure all of the continuity stayed together in the Marvel building, so they just made all of the Time Variance Authority in the comics look exactly like that guy, which is, to say the very least, and hilarious. Now in the next scene you're not supposed to be able to tell really what's going on or who all these people are but from some original leak set photos we know very well. Everyone who's in armor here which looks black but it's actually blue and silver they're just troops from the time variance authority and the hooded figure who you're not supposed to be able to tell who it is spoiler warning three two one is actually going to be the female version of Loki and we know that from leaked set photos. Now, a couple of things I want to point out. You see the three faces there, and then when you see the statues after this scene, the three faces, I'm not sure exactly what that's supposed to invoke, but it looks like to me, that may be an ode to the Living Tribunal, who we found out after Avengers Endgame was originally going to make an appearance, but they weren't able to work them in. It'll be interesting to see if that's exactly what that is. Now, quickly, you'll see Roxcart written in the background and Roxcart, again, written up in the store on a panel. That's an ode to Roxon, the legendary Marvel Comics company. Company that we're not too sure their role in the MCU just yet, if it has any. And then, of course, this shot here of what looks like Black Widow sitting in a purple environment, which definitely has an ode to Vormir. And in case you didn't freeze these scenes like I did, these must be possible future timelines as you see the destruction of what is New York City and the Avengers Tower here in this scene. I don't even wanna speculate as to what could be going on there. We don't have enough of the narrative, but the last Easter egg is absolutely insane. This is the one I kept thinking about. They are setting him up in this scene right here with the money in the bag and making sure to show you the police and the parachute. They're setting him up to be American heister D.B. Cooper, who extorted $200,000 on November 24th, 1971. And remember, we know Loki's going to the 70s and then landed somewhere between Seattle and Portland, demanded two parachutes and ended up jumping out of a plane, never to be seen again. Right before he jumps out, he says, brother, Heimdall, you better be ready, jumps out of the plane. And then, of course... Heimdall jokingly zaps him immediately with the Bifrost, and they're going to use that to explain why D.B. Cooper was never found. I love that. That is so cool and so interesting. I knew it smacked of something, and especially when they took the time to show you the police on the tarmac, giving him the backpack. It is it is literally amazing that they're doing this. This is really, really creative, and I guess Loki has been D.B. Cooper this whole time guys let me know about any other easter eggs down in the comments you found i'm sure i've missed some these seemed like all the important ones and what do you think could possibly be going on with that scene with black widow is these just future possible outcomes or as he sails the risks of time or maybe even those floors in the building Or is this the way she makes it back into the MCU? Yeah, you heard Clint say there's no way she's coming back. It can't be undone, but we saw it undone with Gamora when she came in from a different timeline. That's what could be happening here with Black Widow. We've also heard indications she may have a story going forward. Kevin Feige saying we would look at those events in a whole different way. And why would you kick off Marvel phase four with a character who's not coming back? It definitely, definitely makes you think. Let me know all your thoughts down below and quickly let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away this insane one-fourth scale Beta Ray Bill as well as our third and final Infinity Saga box set this month regardless of the subscriber count. We're also giving away a PlayStation 5 at 800,000 subscribers. All you have to do to be entered to win hit the subscribe button then leave a comment down below and because it's truly random the more videos you comment on the better chance you have of winning. Make sure to hit the notification bell with notifications turned on to keep up with the video and of course if you enjoyed today's content or the rest of the stuff we put out at this channel I'd appreciate it if you'd hit the like button. My name my name's Michael Roman you can find me over on Instagram at I am fires you can find my original music on Spotify under all fires or you can find me on twitch twitch.tv forward slash novellon there's links to all three down in the description guys thanks for checking out the channel again my name is Michael Roman we do everything pertaining to the MCU here so if it's an official casting and or slate reveal like last night a trailer a breakdown for easter eggs even anonymous 4chan plot leaks exclusives from industry insiders and of course the Hollywood trades we cover it all if this is your first time finding the channel stick around We'll be posting again real, real soon.
0: Hey everyone, Eric Voss here in the New Rockstars Blue Dungeon, and we had so much confirmed from Marvel's Investor Day conference with Kevin Feige. This was bigger than Comic Con 2019, folks. Not only did we get trailers for Loki, Wandavision, Falcon Winter Soldier, a sizzle reel for Miss Marvel, a look at what if, we got confirmations about everything, including Fantastic Four, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Secret Invasion, Gore the God Butcher, America Chavez. It's a big bright beautiful tomorrow and let's break down all the things we learned and captain marvel 2 is currently in the works with director nia
6: DaCosta. and today i'm excited to announce that miss marvel played by Amon will be Sweet. joining brie larson Perfect. and great great great, great. In captain marvel 2 along with a grown-up monica rambeau played by tiana paris whom we will have already met in the upcoming WandaVision, it's all so by connected. now you should start getting a sense of the interconnectedness that infuses all of our storytelling. With next year's Eternals, we're introducing Trailer. a brand Give new ensemble it. of superheroes. Rounding out that cast are Vera Formiga, Fra Fee, and newcomer Alakwa Cox playing Maya Lopez. Debuting for the first time in the MCU, She-Hulk. She-Hulk coming to Disney Plus. And I can officially confirm that She-Hulk slash Jennifer Walters will be played by the talented and Emmy award-winning Tatiana Maslany.
0: Yeah, so
1: why did she say she wasn't doing it?
6: That the brilliant Tim Roth is returning. as the is <laughs> back? The <laughs> <character> <laughs> first introduced back? to the MCU in 2008's The Incredible Hulk, Moon Knight is an action-adventure, Indiana Jones-type story Indiana coming to Jones. life as a Disney Plus series. The character Moon Knight is a complex vigilante who suffers from dissociative identity disorder. Okay, they're leaning and into multiple it. multiple identities that live inside him are very distinct characters in the series. Now I want to talk about a couple of projects that we haven't announced. Didn't yet. Confirm. The first of Aspyrus. which is Secret Invasion, coming to Disney Plus. Samuel L. Jackson is back as Nick Fury, and Ben Mendelsohn from Captain Marvel returns as the Skrull, Talos. Next to Civil War, Secret Invasion is arguably the biggest crossover comic event in the last 20 years. Hell yes it is. Bringing it to Disney Plus. Ironheart will be a series for Disney Plus about genius inventor Riri Williams, who has the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man's. Dominique Thorne will play the title role. And if you like to do, both Secret Invasion and Ironheart will tie directly to MCU feature films. We're also well underway on a series for Disney Plus based on Armor Wars. A classic Marvel story about Tony Stark's worst fear coming true. It's what happens when his tech falls into the wrong hands. We've kind of explored that but a little bit. Series so will far. Star, beloved member of the MCU, Don Cheadle. Good, give him <laughs> <returning laughs> something to Rhodes, do. AKA War Machine. One of the best things about expanding the MCU to Disney Plus is that our team at Marvel Studios is finally able to do some of the things we've always wanted to do, <laughs> but didn't quite have the right outlet for, like produce our first ever live-action holiday special. In fact. We're going to shoot it during production of Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 3. <laughs> I'm this so special will drop the holiday prior to the next Guardians of the Galaxy film, which hits theaters in 2023.
0: 2023 confirmed. Guardians, you heard
6: it. T- in January, we'll begin filming Thor: Love and Thunder, nice. and I'm pleased to confirm that Academy Award-winning actor Christian Bale is playing the villain. Gore the God Butcher. Thor <laughs> Love and Thunder releases in theaters on May 6, 2022. Oh, they moved it though. Which will officially be called Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania? Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer are all returning. And Catherine Newton is joining the cast and playing Cassie. All right, okay,
0: Catherine. Then. And in the role of Kang the Conqueror. We have the actor Jonathan. Mayer. This is wild. I'm so pumped for this. Okay, so what you just saw was a reaction video to um, all the big highlights coming out of this insane Marvel Disney Investor Day conference from Kevin Feige, which, I think we can all agree, way bigger event than Comic-Con 2019. Why were they sitting on all of this stuff? Why couldn't they just get it out in little weekly chunks? So the video process would've been easier for me. Who cares? I got stuff to talk about now. Okay, obviously the first big piece of news we got was this great new WandaVision trailer. You gotta be sure to watch my reaction video to that because I found some interesting stuff in the music and uh, the nature of Wanda's pocket reality. Uh, We learned some stuff about how much in control she is of this reality, how dark this show really is going to be, and also how heartbreaking and tragic it's gonna be. Next, Feige, transition the fact that Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch, is currently shooting Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness in London. That cast is going to, of course, include Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange, Benedict Wong as Wong, Rachel McAdams, we just learned, is coming back as Christine Palmer, and we got confirmation that she will tell 4 is coming back as Mordo, and he confirmed that Zochi Gomez not just is going to be the cast, that she is, as we thought playing America Chavez. We made a whole video about that. She's basically a multiverse hopping star portal kicking badass. She's going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, the more we are learning about the bonkers plot of Spider-Man 3, Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness is, I think, going to be the third act of that multiverse event in the MCU. Uh, Then we got this trailer for uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. (laughs) Our first full look at the series. It looks amazing. The action is awesome. It's full cinematic stunt work. The show looks amazing. We got a lot of looks at songbird who i think is gonna be part of this thunderbolts plot the show dealing with the legacy of who gets to carry the shield who should carry the shield and even though he wasn't in the trailer Batroc the leaper is gonna be in the show coming back from winter soldier and baron zemo is out of jail somehow okay then to me the most exciting moment of this panel the loki trailer kevin feige confirmed the cast of the show we got tom hiddleston coming back as loki owen wilson who's gonna be uh, an agent in the tva the time variance authority gugu Ra as a character Di Martino as we think maybe Lady Loki, an alternate universe Loki or a female body after Loki's spirit has detached from his own body after the Ragnarok event and possessed a new body. I made a video about that. Be sure to check it out. Wunmu Masaku is playing a character who might be the Living Tribunal based on some (laughs) images in that trailer. And uh, Richard E. Grant, who I'm assuming is that hooded character. If you go watch my trailer reaction, I think that could be Doom. Richard E. Grant would be a pretty awesome Doom. He already has played an X-Men villain in uh, Logan. I think this could be a very interesting series that has a lot of interesting color, a lot of references. It feels like the version of the Endgame Time Heist that I wanted the Endgame Time Heist to really be. Revisiting these famous Marvel events and, uh, and, and digging into them and the alternate disastrous implications that they could have had. And yeah, explaining the rules of the multiverse in Marvel Phase 4. I'm super pumped for Loki. And uh, speaking of multiverse alternate scenarios, the What If series, this is an animated, it sounds like it's not going to be MCU canon, except for the fact that uh, Jeffrey Wright is playing the Watcher. I think he will be canon in the MCU, but these alternate scenarios, these What If he's showing us will not be canon, unless you consider all of the multiverse canon, in which case, what does canon really matter anymore? But yeah, a lot of alternate scenarios that i'm super excited to see peggy carter as captain america uh yeah this this show is gonna be great we we saw a lot of these scenarios this looks like the trailer that was shown at past comic cons or d23 now we did get a brief update about shang chi that can be called shang chi uh-oh um in terms of who the characters are going to be we know simi Liu is playing shang chi but aquafina's character is katy k-a-t-y tony leung who we thought was the mandarin is called wen wu here but he's also probably going to be the Mandarin, and Michelle Yeoh is playing Zhang Nan, and that is still coming out on July 9th of 2021. We also got a fun-looking sizzle reel for Miss Marvel coming in late 2021. Iman Vellani is playing the title character, and we got a look at the cast and creative team of that show. I'm I'm super pumped for that. I think she has some interesting connections with Captain Marvel, which uh, Kevin Feige pointed out when he brought up the uh, announcement for Captain Marvel 2, which is going to feature Brie Larson, and Iman Vellani is going to appear in this as Miss Marvel, as well as Tiona Paris as Monica Rambeau, Nia Dacosta is directing that one. Uh, nothing really new reported about the Eternals. He just showed us the cast and reminded us that it is coming out uh, November, 2021. And Kevin Feige confirmed when it comes to the Hawkeye series that Haley Steinfeld is playing Kate Bishop with other characters appearing in that. Vera Farmiga playing Eleanor Bishop, Pra lee playing Kazi, and Alakwa Cox playing Maya Lopez. Um, Some huge news coming out about She-Hulk. Not only did we get confirmation that Tatiana Maslany is playing She-Hulk, even though uh, Tatiana herself in an interview said, uh, I don't know anything about that, yeah. <laughs> (laughs) We saw through that. Abomination Tim Roth is coming back to the MCU. Kevin Feige said in like a Reddit AMA years ago that Abomination was just somewhere in a prison cell in the MCU and was just kind of waiting for a good opportunity to bring him back. He looks like is going to be the villain of this series and I could not be more excited. Though that makes me wonder if they aren't going to be doing the Thunderbolt Ross version of Red Hulk that I've been speculating on. Maybe they might try to merge the Red Hulk identity with Tim Roth, even though he is already Abomination is he just going to come back as Abomination? I hope he gets a redesign. Uh, and then we also got a bit of an update about Moon Knight, uh, talking about how it's going to address dissociative identity disorder and Egyptian iconography. Interesting, no confirmation that Oscar Isaac is going to be playing Moon Knight in that series. Maybe the contracts aren't fully signed yet. Maybe they might be going a different direction. We will see. But uh, super exciting to me, Secret Invasion is coming to Disney+. Plus. Samuel L. Jackson playing Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn playing Talos. This might be the Fury series that we were talking about. I assume it is. That was the number one option I speculated that it would be back when they announced this Fury series earlier this year. Secret Invasion is a huge event. It's potentially as big as something like Civil War, or uh, the Infinity War Endgame event. It's so exciting to see how the Skrulls could have infiltrated all the ranks of life on Earth, as Kevin Feige said, so has an Avenger we've been watching this whole time secretly been a Skrull. I think the Skrull search is back on. Kevin Feige also confirmed another thing we were predicting, that Ironheart will come into the MCU. Riri Williams being the potential successor to Tony Stark in the Iron Man Legacy. Dominique Thorne will be playing Ironheart Riri Williams. Uh, This is a very interesting character She's like an MIT student. I speculated that that scene in Civil War where Tony Stark gave that scholarship to all the MIT students, that Rebe Williams could have been sitting in the crowd there and that could be kind of her origin story. And boom! Are you looking for this? Yeah, we're getting an Armor Wars. Don Cheadle, Rhodey has a future after all in the MCU. Thank God. Kevin Feige describes it as a series about what happens when Tony Stark's tech falls in the wrong hands, which I would argue that is a story of every Iron Man and Spider-Man movie in the MCU. So it'll be interesting to see how this uh, is played out with Rhodey as the hero of it. I'm just glad he is coming back because after Comic-Con 2019, I was like... War Machine. He's going back, right? And uh, since, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite MCU movie, I was so pumped to get some confirmation that Guardians of the Galaxy is coming back. First off, we got a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which feels like it's gonna parody the Star Wars holiday special. By the way, our buddy Tommy Bechtold is doing a bootleg breakdown of the Star Wars holiday special coming out in the next coming weeks on the channel. But Kevin Feige also talked about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 confirmed to come out in 2023. Thank God it is still coming. That didn't get left behind anywhere. And in the world of Guardians, I am Groot, a series coming out on Disney+, Plus. following Groot. Awesome! Now, we also got an update about Thor Love and Thunder, directed by Taika Waititi. Uh, they moved the release date. It's coming out May 6, 2022. Okay, so that is moving uh, Black Panther 2 to later in the summer, but we got some confirmation that Christian Bale, not only is the villain, is playing the villain we thought, Gore the God Butcher perfect choice for a villain carries all black the necro sword he's the one who really gets under Thor's skin makes him drop or he doesn't make him drop Mjolnir but it's the battles with Gore that uh weakens Thor to this emotional point where Nick Fury whispers something in his ear that thing being Gore was right and uh Thor drops the hammer and then the lady Thor picks it up so they're they're following that whole Jason Aaron run and I could not be more excited because Gore the God Butcher is one of my favorite characters I I have a theory that the uh events of Avengers Endgame could have left a wasteland in Gore's corner of the universe and uh he is now blaming the avengers all gods like thor and maybe star lord peter quill for that calamity now we got a title for the third ant-man the wasp film ant-man the wasp quantum mania what oh obviously this is going into the quantum realm maybe the city in that quantum realm will be called quantum mania i honestly think it's gonna be called chronopolis because kang the conqueror jonathan majors is the villain of this and he is kang the conqueror his home city is chronopolis in the comics it looks like exactly like Peyton Reed designed it to look in the background of the quantum realm there. And it looks like they are recasting Cassie Lang to be played by Catherine Newton. She will be our stature in the MCU. Very excited. Uh, We also got an update about Black Panther 2. They are officially not recasting T'Challa. They are going to find a way to move forward with that plot. He said Ryan Coogler is currently working on that script and the new release date is July 8th, 2022. But potentially the craziest reveal of this is that the Fantastic Four is coming to the MCU and it will be directed by John Watts, director of Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, and the third Spider-Man film that's coming out next year. This tells us a lot about what this will be about and how they'll be introducing them to you. Go check out my other reaction to the Fantastic Four. I actually made another video about that and we're gonna be making lots of videos about it going forward. Be sure to watch all my reactions, all my breakdowns are coming out this weekend. Lots of good stuff that's come out. I didn't want to try to cram it all in one video for you. But yeah, be sure to check out our New Rockstars merch store, newrockstarsmerch.com. We got lots of great shirts. We're gonna have have limited edition new shirts coming out 2021 for all of these shows. You can support New Rockstars that way. Also, you can just subscribe, hit that notification bell, follow me at EA Voss, follow New Rockstars on all social media. I'm gonna keep working through all these videos. I'll see you next time. Bye. Welcome back to New Rockstars, I'm Eric Voss, and Loki released its first official trailer at Disney's Investor Day. New Marvel Yay! stuff, thank God! A trailer so mischievous and Ragnaroky, cannonballing into the lore of Marvel history and the unresolved mysteries of real-world history. Turns out D.B. Cooper wasn't Don Draper, it was Loki, which makes me so damn excited for everything else we're gonna attribute to the God of Mischief. Santa equals Loki, probably. Now, I reacted to this glorious trailer in my reaction spree in the past 12 hours. Now we gotta break this thing down frame by frame, because there are a ton of Easter eggs. Like, think about it, folks. I got nine minutes out of two seconds back in February. Imagine what I can do now. <laughs> Ah, let's get started. The trailer opens with familiar shots of Avengers Endgame when the Avengers revisited Loki's arrest during the time high spot. Tony Stark butterfingered the Tesseract, allowing Loki to escape. Now we see where he went through a Bifrost-esque blast through space. Now we even end it by passing through what looks like the Eye of Heimdall, as past trips for the Bifrost have appeared to do. It's interesting to see the Tesseract function similarly to the Bifrost, because until now they have been at least two different forms of magic in the MCU you, one an in Infinity Stone, the other all-father magic, that both do the same thing, allow teleportation from anywhere in the universe. But this Bifrost imagery suggests to me that those two magics might really be linked, as many of us have suspected. Odin did possess that Tesseract for millennia and according to children's books in the Thor movie, he only crossed that rainbow bridge when he was bringing the Tesseract to Norway back in the old days. So maybe Odin derived that Bifrost power from that stone. Oh, look at me going on about the technicalities of the science of the MCU you when there is a whole trailer to break down. I got it, Odin, I'm moving on. Okay, Loki has crash-landed in what I assume to be the Gobi Desert of Mongolia based on the people who come across him. Now, I mentioned this in the reaction, but Loki's crash in the dune definitely evokes Tony Stark's crash-landing after escaping that cave in Afghanistan, the moment Mr. Stark followed Plato's allegory of the cave to escape his narrow worldview to a place of enlightenment, as Loki is now given a second chance at life to do. But it's interesting that Loki crashed. He is an experienced Bifrost Traveler, and with the Space Stone, He should have nimbly navigated to whatever destination he wanted to go, but he doesn't appear to have the Tesseract anymore here. So either this is from a different scene or something interfered with that travel, knocked the Tesseract away from him, causing him to crash out at the nearest Mongolian off-ramp. Next clip. You're taking me somewhere to kill me. Okay, the Marvel Studios title card appears in a sea of L's, O's, K's, and I's, all different typefaces, like the ones that flicker at the end. I'll get to those. It's a really cool way to show the countless alternate timelines and historical causalities this series will play with. It also reflects the way Loki's remains would have been left in the main MCU timeline, if you think about it, floating in space among hundreds of dead Asgardians. But then we find ourselves in this elevator shaft of what I assume to be the TVA, Time Variance Authority, aka Marvel's Time Cops. Well, actually. Actually, that sounds cooler than it is. Really, the TDA is like a bureaucracy of timeline monitors. They oversee and investigate violations across the various Marvel timelines. They hate Kang. The Avengers meddled with the timelines big time in Endgame, but Loki as the escapee from one of those meddling, he would be the evidence of those violations that the TDA can now detain. Actually, the real world location here is the eye-popping infinity mirror looking floors of the Marriott Marquis in Atlanta. And I love how it implies each floor is a a kind of different timeline in the multiverse, with the floor buttons each represented with a three-character alphanumeric code. J3E, IUL, FE3, LK3, 2W1, fhfvg 2 U77, TE7, GYE, 2WE, 3FG, CET, XN1, TSL, GF3. Hmm, If there is a rhyme or reason to these, it's too soon to tell, I'm sorry. Really just because it's chaos. Not all of them have numbers, but the fact that there are three characters is worth noting. Because if you think about it, they're going through different realities. Maybe each floor designates the three coordinates of three axes in space, X, Y, and Z, three dimensions. But the elevator moves across these. And if you think that would be a fourth dimension, the axis of time, the one axis that connects three-dimensional space in Einstein's theory of relativity. Am I breaking your brain? I'm sorry. Really, the more interesting thing to look at are the symbols down the middle. There is a circle with a line Going through it, Ghostbuster style, an X, three parallel lines, and then a little happy face. Perhaps these directs how this time wonk evader travels across those timelines. It could stop or freeze a timeline dead in its tracks, it could crisscross timelines, it could reset timelines to run parallel without interference, and then one where it's just like surprise me. Let me know what you think these are. Let's move on. No, I'm taking you someplace to talk
6: where I, lie, I don't like to talk. But you do like to lie, which you just
5: did, because we both know you love to talk. How long have you been here? I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, time passes differently here in the TVA. What does that mean? You'll
0: catch up. Okay, Loki is detained as a prisoner in this. He wears a TVA jumpsuit and this collar, I believe that says danger, maybe explosive collar. He is with Owen Wilson's character. The closed captions reveal his name to be Mobius M. Mobius. Love it. That name is actually the most recurring manager of the TVA in the comics. They all have goofy names. The name Mobius does come from the same impossible geometric shape that Tony Stark conceptualized to crack the code of time travel in the endgame.
2: This time in the shape of a Mobius strip inverted, please. And Mobius uses some subtle wordplay of his own here. Time passes
5: differently here in the TVA. What does that mean? You'll catch up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mobius isn't just saying Loki will learn how their perception of time travel works, but he is saying that he will literally catch up from Loki aging normally to being beyond time itself. And the fact that Mobius is about to show him the end of his timeline in an alternate life. Are you confused? You'll catch up. So chrono monitors enter this tent. Look in the background. There is someone wearing Elizabethan garb, it looks like. This could be just a Ren But since we know this show is hopping through time, I think these chrono monitors are hunting down a time fugitive. And I think the one they seek is this hooded figure who drops the lantern, attacks the chrono monitor. And the reaction, I speculated this could be someone like Doctor Doom since Richard E. Grant is going to be playing some kind of villainous character in this show. But based on this person's hands, I think this could be Sofia DiMartino's character who I speculated in a set photo breakdown earlier this year, could be Lady Loki based on a comic when Loki's soul was transferred to a female body after the comics Ragnarok event. Maybe there is an alternate timeline where Loki is in a female form and that is the maniac that this Loki now has to try to hunt down and stop in a plea deal to clear his criminal record with the TVA. Stop the even more evil version of yourself and you can walk free. But before I continue, thank you to Honey for sponsoring this video with the holidays coming up and all of us spending more time inside. Online shopping is the way to go this year. That is where today's sponsor Honey comes in and boy does it. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for coupon codes and then automatically tests them when you're checking out. So here's how it works. You get Honey on your computer for free in two easy clicks and then you are checking out on one of its 30,000 supported sites. Honey pops up and all you have to do is click apply coupons. You just wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons for that site. If Honey finds a working code, you'll just watch the prices drop. I recently bought a set of giant yard dice from Sharper Image for a family member that loves outdoor games. And Honey found me a code for free shipping that saved me almost 11 bucks. Those of you who have already installed Honey using my link have found over $440,000 in savings. You could be one of those lucky people. It's simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free and it works with whatever browser you use. Get Honey for free today by going to joinhoney.com slash newrockstars. That's joinhoney.com slash newrockstars so the know I sent you. And again, thanks, Honey, for sponsoring today's video. Moving on. So Loki is brought before this awesome-looking courtroom, three looming faces, and this judge that is played by Gugu Mubathara. She could be one of the known justices of the TVA. There's justice peace, justice love, justice goodwill, but those three faces, I believe, are the same faces that we see in the giant statues in the interior courtyard. I'm wondering if these figures could be connected to the multiple faces, multiple identities of the living tribunal, the cosmic deity judge that oversees the universe. Like, perhaps the living tribunal is the chief justice who oversees these lower level appellate court justices. Because notice behind Loki you can see on the wall it reads three time court. Time court meaning there are other types of court. These aren't just the TVA courts in this building. So there's probably some higher level judge overseeing other kinds of cosmic crimes. Also notice how later in the trailer she and the Chrono monitors brandished these batons. These reminded me of the staff of the living tribunal that Morda showed Dr. Strange and Kamar Taj. This is is the staff of the Living Tribunal. Otherwise, why would you use a simple baton like this? Why would that be the weapon of choice? Now, the floors of this facility contain vast stacks of books, which is another interesting parallel with Kamar-Taj if you think about it. That confined all of its mystic cosmic multiversal wisdom into tangible book hard copies. Mobius and Loki use his projector to beam up Loki from past MCU moments, his arrest in the first Avengers movie, which this Loki would have just experienced, but also this famous Loki pose, which he actually makes in Ragnarok.
5: Your
6: savior is...
0: Which is odd because this Loki would not have lived that yet. Ragnarok was like five years after this. This tells us that Mobius is showing Loki how his life would have played out in that alternate timeline. And notice when Loki turns away uncomfortable, we can assume that Mobius is showing him his death in the grip of Thanos and Infinity War. A moment I too have used to trigger some cringes. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, here, Corona monitors approach this Roxcart store in the pouring rain. Based on the rain, this is probably the scene that we saw the set photos of earlier this year. Roxcart has the same R O X X suffix as Roxon, the energy conglomerate that has appeared in the background of past Marvel films. I'm wondering if that oil company might have branched out in the future into retail like other science fiction has shown, you know, the futuristic by and large store that ruined Earth and Wally. Notice these troopers appear to come from these glowing doors. These could be the portals through which they travel through time. Or maybe that's what those elevator doors look like on the other side. Now, watching them on the security monitors appears to be that same hooded figure that we saw earlier. Again, I do think that's DiMartino, possibly Lady Loki, whom we know from set photos was part of this sequence. But notice near Patio Goods is that roaming robot. Maybe it's a waste bin or a floor cleaner, or even a futurey version of those creepy robots that stack stuff and report spills that exist in supermarkets right now. I hate those things. They always look at me when I buy cookie dough. I know you're just going to eat it raw. Shut up. Loki lands back in this elevator. Elevator door-lined room, frustrated as if he just tried to escape the TVA, but then was just circled right back to the starting point. Now, this red gate in the floor underneath it had these blast streaks. This could be the portal that activates where, in time, these elevator doors take you. And if you're like, I love how the portal is just powered by a tangled mess of wires. Everything's so bureaucratic and messy and stupid. It's awesome and Douglas Adamsy. Now, there is a brief shot that I find interesting. Mobius is receiving some kind of item, maybe a watch from this young child. This could be Lady Loki as a young girl. And that stained glass behind them. Depicts some demonic figure. This could be Mephisto, folks, who is rumored to appear in one of these upcoming Phase 4 titles. But then there is this insane shot of a moon crashing down on a planet's surface. I'm wondering if this could be connected to Thanos spiking the moon in Infinity War. Obviously, this isn't the same moon, and this planet doesn't look like Titan. But, you know, that purple glow definitely reminds me of the way he used the purple power stone energy to shatter that moon before he threw it. Either way, sitting below, waiting for this death melancholia style by a pair of runoff pipes, some believe this was Natasha Romanoff. No, no, no. This is Sofia DiMartino's character. Maybe we are seeing her at the very end of her timeline after the universe has just been wiped out. Next clip. Okay, here we see Loki standing up in the midst of a similar post-apocalyptic chaos, but that is devastated New York behind him, including Avengers Tower. I'm thinking Loki could be popping into a dark alternate timeline in which Thanos' first wave of attack on New York when Loki led the Chitauri fleet was actually successful. And then we see the airport with cops watching as a bag of money is transferred to this flight attendant as Loki watches on in shades. Yes, Loki is DB Cooper here. In case you don't know who DB Cooper is, he is the infamous mystery man. that was even his name. In 1971 he extorted a $200,000 ransom and he hijacked Northwest Orient Airlines flight 305 from Portland to Seattle. And then he parachuted out and was never found. All they found of him was a few banknotes found in the Columbia River. I love this story and I love that Loki is digging into it because it suggests to us that this series is going to use Loki's time hopping to justify all these crazy mysteries of human history. Maybe they're gonna say all the Mandela effect occurrences that have come up. Whether the Berenstain Bears or Sinbad being in a genie movie, all of these could have just been caused by Loki's riffs in the timeline. There's a really cool one of these that comes up at the end of the trailer. Stay tuned. Loki then runs on the surface of that same purple planet as the moon looms down on them. Toward this interesting looking shack, it is stamped with a number 21. Now his jacket reads variant. Maybe the TBA agents have to wear certain clothes when they explore these variant timelines. Like the adjustment bureau with that hat rule. And then Loki swings this woman around. This setting does look familiar to me. The architecture is similar to Kamartage, though those are Roman numerals behind them. LXXIX, it looks like that would be 79. Kind of like that number 21 on the shack. Maybe the TVA access points are numbered in whatever the historical numerical system is. Now, the craziest set of this trailer is this red and white striped room, vines overgrowing everything. I'm assuming this is some kind of Loki throne room because there is a throne with an L over it. But this place is a total shitshow. There's a shower stall, there's there's lamps, there's all kinds of odds and ends. It's like a junkyard. It honestly kind of feels like an evil lair that a future version of Loki has crafted for himself after screwing over a bunch of timelines and hoarding random crap from it. But by screwing up all those things, like 1985 B. Biff, Loki gets to be president in this one. Also notice how one of the fighters swings a weapon that looks like a knockoff Mjolnir. Like in this version, his Thor his counterpart, is his underling. Next clip. You'd better be ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here is Loki's amazing D.B. Cooper jump with Heimdall catching him with a bifrost. That explains it. So it does kind of sound like Idris Elba's Heimdall is back alive again, which does make sense, right? Because in these alternate timelines, Infinity War has not yet happened. And I love how they leave a few bills behind, the ones authorities would have found in the river. Perfect. Next clip.
6: Come on. What did you expect?
0: these flickering typefaces reflect the alternate time periods and timelines the show will hop in and out of. There's floral wallpaper, caked weathered stone, scratch gold, wooden paneling. But what I love about a lot of these, you can actually match these letters together as there exist a versions of the Loki title where it's all wooden or all emeralds. It's kind of like a Rubik's cube with all these different letters toggling around, trying to line up the typefaces, but unable to agree on a way to be and just kind of giving up and being like, I'm a collage, whatever, shut up. Now we end with Loki suited up with this Loki first- President Button. This is a nod to the 2016 Vote Loki comic series in which Loki runs for president on the platform that he had the guts to lie to everyone. It's a great series. You gotta check it out. Now his traitorous companions are delightfully costumed. One wears a license plate shirt. One has a helmet with silverware sticking out. The guy on the far right has a helmet with curved bike handlebars. But then this (laughs) arcade game, my favorite detail in this trailer, the game Polybius. So, if you don't know about this, like D.B. Cooper, Polybius is another element deeply rooted in American urban legend, specifically Portland-related ones. The game itself never existed, or did it. In the early 2000s, internet forums began to talk about how there was this game called Polybius in 1981 in the Portland suburbs that caused psychoactive and addictive effects in whoever played it. And that these game boxes were later visited by mysterious men in black who gather data from the machines. Problem is, there was no actual evidence of this game ever really existing. It's just one of these fun internet stories. But now we have the evidence. It was Loki. It was always Loki. Yeah, Polybius is just another great example of how this Loki series is plugging in the God of Mischief into the mischief and unexplained phenomena of history. And I am here for it. Look, I'm gonna be breaking down all of the trailers we got at Disney's Investor Day, but there is a lot to talk about. Thank you for your patience. Check out our great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Subscribe to NewRockStars. Hit that notification button. Follow me at Voss. Follow NewRockStars stars see you next time bye bye